Oh, we could, we could fly. Welcome to this new season of the Have a Cup of Jahani podcast. So I want to title this new season that I'm embarking on with I'm growing. So this is going to be the season of growth. And um, that's what I'm going to share with you throughout the season. So I thank you for coming over here and sitting with me. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. All right. So here's the situation. I had to unlearn a harmful phrase. And let me just start by saying that unlearning is harder than learning, at least for me. But let me give you a little background. So I come from the Dominican Republic, an island that is 90% Black. And yet, while I was still living there, it was still centering Spanish history and Spanish events and Eurocentric beauty standards to the point where I grew up thinking that I needed to stay out of the sun so that way my freckles or my skin doesn't get darker. And um, I needed to straighten my hair because with straight hair, I look better. That, those were things. I didn't catch on while I was there because I was a child, but that is also some of the things I had to unlearn. But nevertheless, I carry all of that with me when I immigrated into the United States. And that translated into me thinking and saying that I am colorblind. And this is that harmful phrase that I had to unlearn. Because whenever we would talk about race or, or whatnot, or we would talk about the differences that are prevalent in the United States, I will come out with, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. You know, in the Dominican Republic, we all Dominicans and blah, blah, blah. Mm, 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 mm. I was wrong. I was absolutely and utterly wrong. And I didn't realize that I was essentially just closing my eyes to the history that is carried in that melanin, to the system that works overtime to move the goalposts for Black folks. And then that's not good. I was essentially gaslighting people whenever I would say that. I was using cultish language. I'll give you the resources later on, but let me just say like, I am more ashamed of this than I am of any other thing that I, I've discussed in this, in this podcast because this hurts people, you know, this, this phrase hurts people and I can't believe I said it. I believed in it and I thought that it was the right thing to say. But let me let me tell you a little bit about how I unlearned this behavior in the hopes that I can pass on this knowledge to somebody that may need it out there and that is listening. So it happened during quarantine when I had a lot of time on my hands. So what I did with that time was I started looking into articles. Not only was I writing articles, but I started also reading other people's articles on Medium. I was watching the news a lot because, you know, it was just, I was getting all this information, all this content, just, I kept eating it. And um, opinion pieces as well. And I was following activists and historians on Instagram. I didn't have a TikTok account back then, but that's where most of my social media content, where I was consuming it was in Instagram and where I was pushing it out at was in Instagram. 
And I'm going to put those, those ads, those usernames on the show notes. But by consuming their content, as I understood that that phrase was harmful, I understood that when I say I'm colorblind, I don't see color or, you know, in the military, we're all green. I was, once again, I was gaslighting people. And I want you all to look into the book Cultish as well, on top of the resources that I'm going to put on the show notes. After reading that book and looking back at this phrase that I used to say, I'm like, Jesus, I was no better than a cult leader that uses certain phrases to shut down any conversation. When you read this book, you're going to see that there's certain phrases and there's certain language and certain words that are used so that way followers won't inquire further and possibly see holes in the reasoning, in the logic, right? Guess what? That phrase, I don't see color, I am colorblind, is cultish. Because when I was doing that, I was essentially saying, don't talk to me anymore. You know, I don't need to know anything else about race, about inequality in the United States, about systems of oppression in the United States. I don't need to know any of that because you know what? I don't see color. I don't categorize people based on their skin color and I don't discriminate based on their skin color. But guess what? (laughs) I was ignoring the very blatant racism that is part is part of the of the skin of this country is is part of the of the netting of the the binds that tie this country together so i was ignoring all of that but most importantly i was ignoring that that history inserted in the melanin that that history that came from africa that oppression that that trauma that generational trauma and as well as the the wealth and richness that comes with it, because with the bad is also the good. I was ignoring all of that. So essentially I was depriving anybody around me in my circle that was black or brown. I was depriving their identity. I was taking that away because part of our identity is our skin color and what that means when we walk in, in certain spaces, when we walk in this world, especially when we walk in the United States and where I come from, the Dominican Republic, uh, that is part of who we are. So I'm I'm still in shock, folks, because like uh, saying it out loud is like, oh, Joanna, you really messed this up. He, this was this was really bad. This was like uh, it has to be a better word than really bad. embarrassment pause here. But yeah, so I I had to unlearn that. And it's like, I was eating content after content, after content, after content. And just imagine that that realization is a shame. It's embarrassment is, it was kind of like devastating to, to figure out, wow, that was harmful, what I was doing. That was reckless. And that was racist. And and I had to sit with that once again. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's the worst feeling 
to know so blatantly when one is wrong. And I, I sat with that really good. It's like sitting in my own shit. Excuse my language, but I did that. So that way I can figure out how to do better. And and that's what I said. Like when it comes to unlearning, for me, it was a much more harder experience than learning because I had to admit that I was walking around causing harm. I had to admit that. I had to get over my defensiveness when it comes to it because when I am presented with something that is telling me you are wrong, the first reaction that I want to have is I want to defend it. I want to double down and say, no, no, I'm not wrong. And it's because of this. And I was trying to hold on to intention. (laughs) That's what I was trying to hold on. Well, my intention was not. But you know, the more that I, I ate that content, the more that I consume it, it's like, I was I was breaking down every single one of my defensive quotes or defensive mechanisms when it came to unlearning this phrase, I don't see color. And I had to learn. I was like, hey, yeah, your intention may not have been that, but what you cause was this. And we got to go off of what you cause. What is this phrase? I'm not really good at English phrases. The, the heaven is paved with good intentions. Yeah, so I was trying to hold on to that. I was like grasping at straws, folks, just trying to defend this horrible phrase uh, as I was unlearning. After finally coming to terms, and it took a while, and I'm, I'm, this is very short the way that I'm explaining it, but trust and believe this took a while because I had to read the information, I had to sit with that information, I had to talk to myself about that information. Because I'm the type of person that I kind of, I, I let it, I let it simmer in my head. I sleep with it. Um, I dream about it. I have conversations, pros and cons inside my head <laughs> over and over and over. All the while I'm quarantining, I'm looking at all these videos. I am trying to work out and and cook and do all these things. And the whole time in the back of my mind is all these things that I'm learning and unlearning. And this phrase just, it was like tumbling, like in the dryer, just over and over and over and over. And after a while, I accepted that I was wrong, that that phrase was wrong, that I should not say that phrase any longer. And then, you know, when you learn something new, how you want to share with everybody. (laughs) Follow the podcast on TikTok. We are there at cupofjoani underscore podcast. That is at C-U-P-O-F-J-O-H-A-N-N-Y underscore P-O-D-C-A-S-T. <laughs> I was that overzealous person. So after finally digesting it, coming to terms that I was wrong and in overcoming that shameful phase of knowing that I was wrong, then here comes the overzealous 
Joanne, trying to teach it to everyone. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Looking back at it, I'm like, you know what? I don't regret unlearning and I don't regret me talking out loud about it. Because, damn it, if you don't if you don't talk about what you learn or what you unlearn, then, you know, it just stays with you. And how good is that, right? You're supposed to share with everybody. But I'm I'm a little I'm a little loud I'm a little overzealous, so I'm kind of like this all or nothing person. So when I went to work <laughs> after coming out of quarantine and learning all these things and unlearning all these things and having it digested so much great content, oh I can't wait for y'all to read the show notes so you can follow these folks. We had a conversation about race. At work, and I, when I say I was foaming at the mouth, I was foaming at the mouth, folks. I was just waiting, right? But, but I, I knew I was like, you know what? I'm not going to center myself. You know, I, I came in there knowing that that I was not going to center myself. That I will make sure that I stay quiet, so that way the black folks in my unit in my office have the chance to say their piece. Right, because that's that's something else that I learned from the activists. I was like, it's not about you, Johnny. It's not about you. You are not the center of this. Okay, you let them speak their piece, and you emphasize that. Right, you shine a light on it, highlight it. You know, here I am in the back row, just listening, just listening. You know, and um, I'm shaking my leg. I shake my leg a lot when I'm anxious or when I'm like prepping, you know, to do something. And sure enough. Here comes another Latino in my office saying that phrase. Ooh, I was like, that's it. That's it. No, don't hold me back. Don't hold me back. <laughs> I stood up from my back row. I was like, you're gaslighting these people, you know, and I just, I spew out everything that I learned. I was like, hey, you are erasing their entire culture, the trauma that they suffer, you know, the systems of oppression in this country, which they have to walk through, you know, every single day of their lives. You are racing all of that when you say that you don't see color. Ooh, what I tell you, he turned around and his eyes were like so wide. I was like, and um, he was higher ranking than me. So, yeah. But I still said it. I still said it. I'm, I'm like, because I'm a person that is like, right is right, wrong is wrong. And, you know, that's it. And once again, when I learned something, when I unlearned something, it's like, I just want to share with everybody. And um, and he kind of, he stood quiet, but he was giving me that those, those mad eyes, you know, like, mm. you can tell he wanted to say something, but, you know, he had to be respectful because... Everybody was there, even the big boss was there. And then he sat down, right? And and then there was other people sharing, um, other black soldiers in the unit sharing their experience uh, of, of what they were going through and all of that. And he will butt in and say and make up an excuse. Well, like, well, that's not what I experienced and blah, blah, blah. And that was, and that will be in the back row, you're gaslighting again. And I did that like four times. Every time he would put in, I would say, you're gaslighting. That's gaslighting. You're gaslighting. And he was like, and finally, after like the fourth or fifth time, he got up and he lost his cool. He was like, enough with the gaslighting thing. 
And I stood up myself as well. Because what is he going to do? What is he going to do? I'm right. (laughs) And I was like, well, sir, you are. This is what gaslighting is. And that's exactly what you're doing. And you're shutting them down from expressing their opinions and their experience. Their experiences are their experiences. And you're not going to have the same experience because you don't have their skin color. So you don't have that same experience because you don't present yourself that way. And when I tell you, like, he had, how do I describe this? When people are like holding back so hard and it's like his face was like turning. He he was brown. His his skin color is brown, but he, he his his nose was getting a little red, you know, and then his cheeks were puffing out. You can tell he was trying to push back. But the way that I explained gaslighting was just mm, chef's kiss, right? And um please go see these activists and historians that I'm going to put on my show notes because that's I, I got all this information from them. That's how I was able to push back on this dude at work through their education. And yeah, and um, I was so proud of myself. You know, I was like, yes, yes, I did it. I did it. I mean, I'm pretty sure he went about and still feeling the same way and still, uh, I, I hope that he has learned something. Uh, This happened like, God, three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. And I'm hoping he is understanding the world a little bit better and and knowing how his words can be impactful and hurtful and harmful. But yeah, so listeners, I went through a very shameful experience by unlearning the phrase, I don't see color. But after going through my shameful phase, my embarrassment phase, my defensiveness phase. And I was able to actually learn that the way that I learned was by reading through the content, videos, textual content on Instagram from historians and activists, becoming a patron uh, with one of these activists. So that way I can continue consuming their content that they share for their patrons. And um, reading books, I have so many resources uh, when it comes to that. So you want to talk about race? That's a really good one. And and then just sharing that with, with others uh, that are kind of like me learning and possibly causing some harm with what they say. Yeah. And going forward, that's, I'm just going to continue to learn, you know, and continue to de-center myself, keep my ears open my mouth shut for the most part. <laughs> and but in there, like what happened here when I see somebody trying to sh- shut somebody from expressing their opinions, because that's what we don't want to do. We want to make sure that Black people's voices are heard, uplifted, and emphasized. Because at the end of the day, I'm a big believer in that. When we are truly equal, when the system is is truly Equitable, I should say, because I learned that too. It's the difference between (laughs) equity and equality. So when the system is actually equitable, then that's when we can say, okay, we have done this. But until then, we have to uplift those that the system is trying to put down. Yeah, so I'll leave you with that. That's, That's my resolution going forward is to uplift those which the system is trying to oppress, continue to learn and listen.
And here we are at this part of the show where I thank you for sitting with me and sitting with me through a really cringeworthy, shameful embarrassment on learning process that I went through. And I hope to see you again next week. Come back for more learning and unlearning with me. See you next time. Bye. All right, folks. So in case you missed the show notes, here's a soundbite for you for all the resources that I mentioned in this podcast episode. So let's start with the books, right? First book, So You Want to Talk About Race by Ijoma Oluo. Cast by Isabel Wilkerson and Coltish by Amanda Montel. These are just three of uh, the many books that discuss race, cultish language. Now, when it comes to the activists and historians that I mentioned that I follow on Instagram, here are their usernames, at rachel.cargi, at sincerely.letty, at the ghetto activists, at movement for black lives, at Blairy Mani, at official black Wall Street, at in culture DCO at the Black History Lesson at Read Revolutionary at Black Women Radicals and at Black Power Collective. Go ahead and follow all of them. Oh, we could we could fly. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show. See you on the next episode. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. Da, 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 da.